You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, This ad, six years old, just sums up for me where our world has been and then where it is at the moment. Um, A multi-million dollar campaign, I believe it's Kendall Jenner, am I got that right? Ladies, on just assume you girls know. Um, Kendall Jenner, multi-million dollar campaign, and it just sums up. I think we're actually seeing the fruit of it in our modern age in 2023, that our world just doesn't know what it actually stands for. It doesn't know what it actually gathers around. You see some of those signs in the ad say, love and peace. But you can't work out what they're actually protesting, but it just says love, and love is good, right? And then there's a a musician playing, and musician's cool. That's cool. We like musicians. And there's a photographer, and she looks Islamic, multi-faith, cool, like we're diverse, we're for that. And, And then there's Kendall, and she wipes her makeup off only to reveal still makeup (laughs) and then takes her wig off and her hair is done perfectly and doesn't look like it's been under a wig and she's famous and so we should listen to her and they're marching for love peace pepsi (laughs) and then there's police and we don't want the man in our way but it's okay we can come together under a sacred holy drink pepsi that just sums up our world. We just, I'm talking outside the church, but we're going to be talking inside the church this morning. We don't, un, we, it kind of, it's, it's actually, I believe actually six years ago, that was a little bit prophetic about where we are at the moment as things come home to roost, as these, these wafty ideas that our culture just goes after is now coming home and we're confused and we're scared and we're like, well, interest rates are going up. We didn't, it turns out we don't have unlimited money to buy Pepsi. And there's heaps of things that just, it turns out love wasn't enough. We need a bit of a plan. And they're just marching in the street. Just, it, just, it just gives me a beautiful picture of our time. And it's kind of why we're doing this series at the moment because the same thing can happen within the church. What are we actually gathering about? What does a burly church do? What is a burly church? And you might say, Steve, that's simple, isn't it? Just a church. And you're, you are right, but churches can veer off. We can lose focus. Music's cool. Musicians are cool. Jumping in. Photography's cool. We lose focus. Maybe it's about Pepsi. Maybe it's about this. Maybe it's about this. And we can lose focus. Amen? In fact, <laughs> that's what this book tells us consistently. You have the creation story. God wanting to build something. Wanting to create something takes chaos and brings order. First few lines of the Bible. With almost, it feels like instantly he creates us and we veer off. We go, thanks God, that looks awesome. This, but this apple looks really shiny. Um, oh, wow. We'll stand for that. No, the Bible doesn't say it's an apple, um, just so you know, but it says a bit of fruit. This fruit looks shiny. We veer off. And then just time and time again, God has to do a hard reset with Noah. We veer off. Abraham, he pulls a family in. goes, I'm going to create a nation that's going to bless other nations, a royal priesthood. Within moments, Abraham's like, how are we going to do this? And they veer off. In fact, some of the wars in the Middle East at the moment are still because of some decisions made back then. 
we then we have kings that we wanted a navy offer we have the tribe of israel before that which god actually goes right i'll rescue people they'll know what i'm about i'll train them in the desert and they'll just become my people and they'll have these rhythms and ways and we'll build something again a holy nation a royal priesthood that will bless and reveal god to the rest of the world and he takes them to this promised land and they go thanks for everything you've done we don't know we can go in we're really well, actually turns out sand's not that bad we're pretty comfortable in these tents and bread falls from the sky so thanks but no thanks and they veer off and a whole, it says a whole generation perishes because they're too scared to move forward on god's plan don't trust him and then we have them enter the promised land they veer off we have a habit Look, there's a photographer, there's a musician, there's Pepsi, there's something else. Let's make it about this, let's make it about that. And we veer off. It happens all the time. So that's why we do this morning. That's why we take a break from our awesome John series. Who's loving our John series? I I really am enjoying all the different speakers and preachers we have in this church and as we unpack this beautiful gospel. And I was actually a little bit torn about pulling us out of it. But this is important. We've got a lot of new people. A lot of people wondering, what does a Burley church do? And so last week, Donna spoke about what a church of Christ is and does. Encourage you to go online and have a listen to that. She talked about our fundamentals of a church of Christ. I loved it. I had um, a guest here that I assumed they wouldn't enjoy it. They're not part of church of Christ. Um, I just assumed they wouldn't enjoy it. It was, it was like a bit of a lecture this morning, a lot of information. I thought, I wonder what they thought of that. He actually had tears as he talked about the simple gospel and just focusing on the main thing, not Pepsi, not Kendall Jenner, not photographers, but Jesus. And he was inspired. He said, this is awesome. And so this morning, we're going to talk about our local context. Yes, it will have a lot of information this morning. Um, I'll talk to you at the end. I'm happy after we have a bit of a barbecue, if anyone wanted to come back in for a bit of a Q&A. If not, I'm also just happy to have a coffee with anyone that wants to talk through this because there's a lot to unpack this morning but we veer off so that's the why that's the why we're doing this morning why we're talking about what is a burly church if you're new or visiting then just please be encouraged to know what churches are doing what this church is a part of what is a burly heads church of christ i showed a picture oh sorry i kept talking i kept reminding i didn't get even halfway through all the ways that we kept veering off (laughs) i have more and then what happens is as we know jesus is born and the religious at the time don't even recognize him because they have made it about religion they've made it about tradition they've made it about earning and so they don't even recognize that jesus is the messiah because he looks so different to what they've made it about they're marching that direction and they're going well can't be with the sinners can't be who's jesus hanging out with And then so much so that they're so offended by his teaching that, as we know, they kill him. And once again, with the Holy Spirit, he says, let's go again. I've got this redeeming plan I always have for my people. I can't believe he wants us to participate after all of that, but he still does. He wants to build something with us. I love this in Matthew 21, 42. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvellous in our eyes. He's quoting Psalms 118. 
as he says, I'm building something and it's built on me. Christ, the cornerstone. I don't want to offend anyone, but there's research that suggests Jesus may have not been the type of builder that worked with wood. So if that's blown your mind, they think he might have been the type of builder that works with rocks. And it does make sense because he talks a lot about rocks. So sorry, I hope I haven't unraveled your whole theology there. <laughs> As you're pitching in with Joseph making chairs, um, which is all our storybooks said, but he might have worked with rocks. I could be wrong. Doesn't depend on whether he saved us or not on his exact profession. But I tend to believe because he talks a lot about building. Because he's building something. He came to start something. He came to gather around him the cornerstone and go forth at him at the centre. Not getting distracted, but start with the cornerstone. Build it on me, he says. And then in Luke 6, 47, 49, he continues this. Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what it is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. And another version talks about the sand, building the house on a sand. You know that's a leaning tower pieces problem? It was built on sand. They had to pour a heap of concrete so it doesn't fall over. But he talks about you've got a plan to build on a foundation. Jesus again saying, hey, it's not Pepsi. It's not photographers. It's not musicians. That's not the main thing. They're holding all their billboards. The religious would have been holding earning, would have been holding religion, would have been holding tradition. It's none of that. It's me. I'm the cornerstone. This is Jesus saying this. Build upon me. And then build something. I like that. He doesn't just go lay the foundation and stay there. Build something with me. Build a house. Build a life. Let me build something in you. You see the builder coming out. He's got a plan, a redemptive plan. It's beautiful. And for some reason, he wants us to participate with him. It's amazing. He clears the path with his death, bring us back to the Father, and he leaves us with his spirit so that we can continue to participate with him. This redemptive work, not in our own strength, but in his not as some earning cosmic mechanics. We're not earning our way to the Father. He already loves us. If we accept that, as Mez spoke about, if we accept that grace, we don't just stay still. We don't just stand there, but we can build with him. I feel for, I'm a little worried, for sometimes we can get in the mindset of a ticket. We go, I got my ticket to heaven. I'll just wait at the bus stop now. And any moment now, I'll be called home and I'll be okay. Now, if that's you, not knocking you, I believe you have your ticket. But it concerns me because I don't know if you can be disappointed in heaven. This is opinion. But I think you'll be disappointed. Not because you won't get in. But I think God's redemptive work will continue. We won't need to be redeemed when heaven, everything's perfect. Again, this is my opinion. But if I look at the Garden of Eden, the perfect world, we, we were meant to work the garden. Name the animals. We were working with God, participating. So I'm not talking about hard work, sweat of the brow type stuff. I believe that this redemptive purpose, I should say, I believe this godly purpose will continue in heaven in a good way. 
Some of you might be sighing. I'm not saying hard work. I'm saying we get to work with him in a more pure form. I don't know what that looks like. You can disagree me after. That's not what this sermon's about. But I feel for those that think that life's about just standing there on the foundation going, any minute now, I'll get to go. Because you're going to get to heaven and maybe you'll probably love it. But maybe you won't because there'll be more of the stuff. You'll be like, oh, but I could have been doing that stuff here with God. And now it's more of that stuff here. I thought it was harps and clouds and angel wings. And so I just encourage you, start kingdom now and eternal. I hope that makes sense. I hope I haven't taken you off track. If you just thought it was one big cruise in heaven, you might be right. Have a chat to me after we can disagree. But I reckon this purpose is all through the Bible. And it will continue. We will work in the garden. We will continue to grow with God. We'll continue to live in his purpose because we're made for that. Divinely participating with him. Be careful of the golden ticket mentality. He wants us to be part of this redemptive work. Go make disciples, he says in Matthew 28. Go make disciples. Tell more people. If you don't know what disciples are, it's just a fancy word for students. Go make more students. I like the word strain context. I like apprentices. Doesn't matter what I like. I just like that word, apprentices. Apprentice. Go make more apprentices of me. Teaching them, showing them my ways, teaching what I've done for them. And then, of course, there's a heap of letters because the church keeps getting off track. And letters back to the church going, hey, remember the main thing, remember the main thing. And so this is why this morning we're going to talk about the main thing, which we're doing now, and then what it looks like here practically. Not the perfect plan, but a discerned idea of what it looks like to participate with Jesus in Burley Heads. Luke 14, 28, 30 even encourages us to do this. Again, Jesus' buildership coming out. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost whether he has enough to complete it otherwise when he has laid a foundation is not able to finish all who see him will begin to mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish so three questions i deeply want everyone to consider here this morning and we're going to put this online because it's it's agm season we look at budgets we look at the future of the church we look at the spiritual growth of the church we look at where we're going i want you to ask these questions of yourself if you're curious about this church if you're considering this church or you're visiting you go to another church think about this what are we building if this morning doesn't purely encapsulate it come and have a chat to me do you want to build with us this is we are the church is not steve gray's church yuck (laughs) it's we are the church i'm deeply grateful what I get to do as part of this church but it's our church we are the church you want to build with us and then what is the commitment and cost this is not a giving sermon this is a whole being what is it commitment and cost this is talking about the practicality we have Daniel out there is Daniel in here don't know sorry mate I already embarrassed you but he's out there cutting onions for us for our barbecue um, he's counted the cost of what we need to have a delicious sausage after church so it's not just talking about money. I'm talking about what's the commitment? What's it cost? What's it, what's it look like to be part of this body? Not just for a Sunday, but all, part of it all. Honestly, ask God. Don't invest. Don't become a member. Don't say, I'm here. I want to be here unless you have committed the cost. You're welcome to just come and watch what we do. That's fine. But if you want to step out and become the church with us, then just measure it up. What would this cost me? 
That's for you and God. But I want us all to be praying about these three questions deeply. Fasting, if you will. Bring it deeply to him and go, what's it look like to be part of Burley Heads Church of Christ into the future? I'm going to pray again, and then I'm just going to go through some information after that. Father, I just pray this morning as we live in a world that doesn't know what it stands for, doesn't know what it gathers around, we pray to be reminded again that you are the cornerstone. That our signs, that our march is about Jesus. That we don't sip on Pepsi, we sip on juice and bread remembering what you have done. It's at the centre of the table. It's at the centre of this church. It's been at the centre of churches of Christ since its foundation, being a movement that didn't want to be churches of building, churches of great chairs, churches of even amazing music, but churches of Christ. That is our foundation this morning, and I just pray you bless the rest of this time and these deep questions. What are we building What are we building together? And what have you asked of us? What's our gifting? What can we bring to this process, to this church? And what can we do and participate in your redemptive kingdom that has always been going and will continue on into eternity? In Jesus' name, amen. So next question is how. That's the why. How? I've got this picture that I showed about a year ago, year and a half ago. It is not a perfect picture. It is not the word of God, but it is the best explanation visually I can think of of what Jesus has asked us to do. Yeah, it's a little quirky as well. It's a Jesus factory, if you can't see. <laughs> it's a church there, a building, and they're making Jesuses. Now, they're not making clones. You notice that? You don't have to all look like Jesus. You all have your giftings. You're part of the body. I know I'm trying to look a bit like Jesus, but you don't all have to. (laughs) But you can put, yeah, you have a guy with a construction hat on, a sideways hat on, a top hat. Might be a magician or someone from the 1950s. I don't know, but he's got his giftings. She's got her giftings. And they're becoming more like Jesus. And the church, the disciple-making factory is meant to build more of those, make more of those, deeply grow more of those. As we gather around Christ, we build disciples. If you're a bicycle factory, anyone want to guess what you make? Awesome. Come on. What do you reckon we make? I want to hear loud, actually. Yeah, there we go. We're awake. So we're at Jesus Factory. We're making Jesuses. And so that's what we do. That's the best way I can explain it that we're a Jesus factory, that that's what he's asked us to do. Make people grow, become more like Jesus and participate in his kingdom. You, in your world, you're bringing Jesus into your life and that world. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. We're not making clones We're becoming more like Jesus and participating in his kingdom. Now, the question is, again, I just go back to this. You might say, well, well, how does that work? But you might also say, well, isn't church church? 
Don't we just be the church then? Again, we have a history of it not being that simple, of a consistently veering off. Let me give you some of the things that churches can just lose themselves in all the time. There's some pictures up there. None of these are bad, but we can lose ourselves in the audience-making business. We can go, we're about building audience. When I went over the States for a church tour a couple of years ago, they, do you know how they ask how many people you've got? They say, how many you're running? Like cattle. <laughs> and I thought they were joking, but it turns out a lot of people in the States don't have a similar sense of humour to Australians or Steve Gray. And so when I laughed, when they said, how many are running down there, Steve? I'm like, <laughs> like cattle? Like, yeah, how many are running? We're not running cattle here. <laughs> We're not building audience. We're building disciples. And so it's so easy to fall into that though, isn't it? We get more people. It's awesome. We want more people knowing Jesus. We want more Jesuses. It's awesome. And then it becomes about the show. And then that benefits me the most. I start thinking I'm awesome because thousands of people start coming. You guys tell me I'm awesome. Everyone wins. Not. <laughs> it's horrible. We build audience. The show has to get bigger. Next week I'll bring hula hoops and a panda and I'll juggle as well it's not about building audience but we can get distracted the next one is the building so easy to get distracted these aren't bad things but so easy to get distracted by the building why do you think we need to yeah just these massive building projects but god says we're the temple of the holy spirit so we need to be working on us first yes we need a functional building that's it it needs to be able to help us make more disciples and do mission quit that then we send us out. Um, I reckon this one is hard for us not to get distracted by. Can I be honest? It's a fantastic thing. The service element. Jesus does ask us some pretty direct questions at the end of our life about feeding, clothing, and giving a drink. And so I love that we do this. I'm not knocking a single thing we do this. But sometimes it's hard not to get distracted by that and realize that's still not the main thing. It's amazing. Most people that are new in this church are coming through that. So it is making disciples. So don't hear me knock it at all. But we've got to be careful. It's not the only thing we do. We actually are called to make disciples. Fantastic how many people we feed. Fantastic how many people we genuinely help. I absolutely love it here. I went to a church the other day for some Bible college and I walked around Friday morning and actually rang Ann and said, the lights are off and it's empty. And I was walking around their chapel looking at stuff. Friday morning, nothing happens there. I thought to myself, how much work must I be able to get done? <laughs> then I repented and thought, I'm so glad that Friday morning here, it's buzzing with people being fed, loved, cared for, clothed. And so we love that. But it's not our, it's not our only thing. We're not a university. Again, you don't get to heaven and there's a test. How many degrees do you have? It's good to study. I was at study on Friday at that church. So it's good to study, but we're not a university. We're not just about up here. It says, teach us the ways of Jesus. That's why I like apprenticeship a bit more. It's knowledge and obedience, living with him, participating with him. It's not an academic exercise purely. Then there's care and love. He does say in John, now no me by the way you love each other they'll know you're my disciples so love and care 100 is a big part but this is not just one holy cuddle 
We're not here just to go, are you okay? Or, and just hug and hide in the church and go evil out there. If Jesus did that, he'd just stay in heaven. It's way nicer there. Why come here and be killed? No, we're called, if we're still here, we're called to go out. Comfort each other on a Sunday, celebrate, you bet, it's awesome, and then go. Yes, absolutely, comfort each other, comfort those that are struggling. Yes, absolutely, but then we go. We've got to move. We go into the world. We are not separate of it. We're in it, not of it. And then the war. We're not at war. We are at war at the dark dominion, it says, but we're not at war at people. People are hard. People are broken. We're broken. But it's not, this is not a battle. It is a bit of a battleground, but it's not the full picture, is it? I've said before, we're not a warship. We're not a cruise ship. We're a fellowship. It was funny at the time I said it before, but that's all right. You guys are deeply concentrating. So, yeah, I want to hear. That's good, Steve, the funny Steve. So, do, get another hula hoop. <laughs> no, joke, joke. So, if we zoom in, how does the factory work here? How have we discerned? The factory working here. So I'm going to zoom in. Oh, look, there's something in the window. Let's zoom in. <laughs> zoom in again, guys. Enhance. Oh, look at that. Enhance. What's that? Yes, 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 yes. All right. And zoom in one more time. Yeah, you can zoom in your next slide, I think. Yes, that's it. Well done. Yep. The fellowship, a vision in this church of being a family table. Let me read out our little vision statement here. Again, this is not the word of God. This is our best discerning on how to count the cost and plan to build on the foundation. This is how we believe the factory can work. Let me read our vision here at Burley Heads Church of Christ. It's on the next slide. Our vision is to create an ever-expanding, welcoming family table, gathering around the truth and life of Jesus Christ as we grow in faith and relationship. We aim to go forth in his ways, inviting all to experience the transformative power of his love, and I was going to say, and spirit, on the version I've got here. We want to create an expanding family table. And the reason... For that, the idea of a family table where we gather around the cornerstone is not a literal family table. And hopefully when I say family, it's not like in a cult. I don't actually believe you're my literal brothers or sisters. It's not, I'm not asking you to call me <laughs> father or anything like it's not an, I'm not, it's, it's, I believe, and I think the Bible suggests, if we look through these, I'm not going to read them all, but this next slide, these are all the verses that refer to the table or family, household. And this is why I believe that this is why it references this family table. Because I think the family table is a discipleship-making machine. Let me explain. If someone was to say right now, let's go watch The Simpsons after church, I would feel a little guilty because in my growing up, my mum said I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons because Bart Simpson talked rudely to his parents. I, what did I do at 18? watched a heap of The Simpsons, but I felt so guilty because in my family rhythm, my family table, we weren't allowed to watch that. And even now, if it's on, I'll watch it, but I'll feel a little naughty. And I'll say, don't tell mum. And mum comes here sometimes, so don't tell mum. <laughs> um, she couldn't believe, let alone her son, let alone a pastor would watch that. So please don't let her know. 
I, um, I find it really hard. We never got a new car. We were like smart with our money. We just always got secondhand cars. Again, it wasn't necessarily a, a money thing. It was just, just a new car. Was just, we just had this practicality about it. And so when I brought a new car recently, I just stress so hard because in my family rhythm, we just don't do that. A little bit because we can't look after cars well. Um, there's a family tradition. So, like, but, but I stressed. I just, I didn't know why. And then I thought, oh, this is because it's not what my family did when I grew up. We learn things, right? When I go on holidays, I find my wallet opens up magically. And, I, and I'm looking back on my family holidays. That's when my parents were most generous. And so something's been embedded in me. I learnt the most about the Bible as a child on drives home after night church with my dad when he was playing bass. And we'd have choosing night, Sunday night, which was my parents' trick to just give us whip picks Sunday night after church. And so it's choosing night. We're like, well, I have whip picks. They're like, yeah, like toast. Wow, what, what options? How do I choose? But we'd have whip picks. And then as I'd eat whip picks, I'd ask questions of my parents about God. That actually, even though I rebelled pretty hard as a teenager, that stuff kept me. There was something in that. Of course there was. It was God. So your family may have none of those rhythms. I'm not saying you've all even had a good experience of your family, but I promise you, your family, good, bad or ugly, shapes you now. It's a disciple. It might be spite your family. It's a a discipleship-making machine because you have these rhythms. And so you don't need a family right now. I'm not saying that. You're part of this family. And what I want is I want us to have rhythms, family rhythms. We don't have to literally meet around a table, but our family has rhythms and ways. We look to Jesus. He's at the centre. And then we do things. It doesn't have to be you can't watch The Simpsons. It could be more profound than that. This is often called a rule of life. This is what Christian tradition has called a rule of life. Not rules, not law, but a guiding rule or guiding ways that our family operate with. Every church has this. They just may not admit it. Every church has a rule of life. They just may not know it. Every church prioritises what they do, what they do with their finance, what they do with their Sunday, what they do, programs they run. And like any system, what they plan to do is the outcome. Does that make sense? So even a church goes, oh, we don't need a rule of life. We just follow the Spirit. How do you follow the Spirit? In what ways do you follow the Spirit? What does it look like to discern the Spirit? Or we don't have a rule of life. We just read the Bible. What's your way of reading the Bible? How do you read the Bible? Who checks that? Where are you getting information? What ways do you read the Bible? We all have a rule of life. Every church produces exactly what it actually plans on producing. And so if we go back to that picture before, you don't have to, but if we go back to those things and say, if you're about audience, you will accidentally create rules of life in your church that build just audience. If you're about those other things, you'll naturally build those things. This is how it works. And so we want to have a rule of life that builds more Jesuses, a family table. And so what does that look like? Well, a little bit more information, and I can unpack this with any of you over coffee at any point because there's a lot in here that I just want to move through if that's okay. But I think 
I believe transformation looks a bit like this, or I love this way of looking at transformation, that every one of us is all being discipled to someone and something. And so we're discipled through the teaching and narrative, the story we're telling ourselves, the practice, our habits, our community, and all of that. With us, it's the Holy Spirit. With the world, it's their environment. That's how we're shaped. So if you hang around people that just talk about money and how much money they have, that's your community. If the story you're telling yourself is that you've got to hustle, you've got to make every dollar count, if you've got to, you've got to just, yeah, you've got to be rich, that means something, that's your status symbol, and then your practice is going to work for 12 hours a day, that'll shape you. Agreed? Yeah, that's how it works. And so I believe as a family, you're allowed to pursue those things, but as the central focus, the cornerstone being Jesus, we want to make more Jesuses, then our teaching and narrative needs to be about Jesus' story. Our practices need to be Jesus' way. Our community is the church, the factory, and we've got the Holy Spirit, of course, the ultimate counsellor and guidance. And so what do some of those things look like? Well, we have these postures here at Burley Heads Church Christ, we call them, and we say we gather, we go, we grow, we go and we give ourselves to all of those things. We try to keep it simple, but these are our family rhythms. We gather, we grow, we then go, and we give ourselves to all these things. Again, happy to unpack them anytime. Unlike you, I literally lose sleep and pray and think about these things 24-7, whether that's healthy or not. Sometimes I'm at the playground with the kids and I'm thinking, you shouldn't be thinking about, we gather another G word. You should be playing with the kids. So I understand if you guys, this is not as in your mind as it is in mine. So please feel free to chat to me about it. I'm happy to have this conversation. But these are where we see our postures go. We gather, we grow, we go, we give. How do we do that? How do we gather? How do we grow? How do we go? Well, we call, we've created a couple of spaces to best do that. We've got these three different tables, large tables. And this comes from the picture. When you read about Jesus, he seems to have peaks, paddocks, and then times he sends the disciples out. And you see Jesus' discipleship method, you see him do 5,000 people, you see him do up the top of a mountain with 12 or less, and then you see him send them out and have a go at it in two by two or with a group of 10. So we've based our tables around these things. So we've got large tables. We are in a large table at the moment. Here's something, though, that might be hard. I don't expect you guys to know everyone else in this room, especially as we grow. So a large table has its limitations. It can't be all things to everyone. Sunday morning can't be our entire faith. But here are three values about our large table. We want, when we come together, we want to celebrate and reflect. As we go around and in the spirit and around Jesus, we want to celebrate and reflect. There's room for both on a Sunday morning. We want to celebrate what he's doing, but we also want to have a reflection time at times. They're high valued here on a Sunday morning. We want to encouragement and challenge. We don't want you just to come to church when you're hearing and the word is opened or we're talking to each other. We don't simply just want to tickle your ears. Yes, there's time for encouragement, but there's hopefully sometimes church offends you. 
if it doesn't, come have a chat to me. Sometimes, not deliberately, but hopefully it offends you in a sense that it causes you to grow. Otherwise, we're comfortable. We've got to be offended sometimes. It's confronting. I love this thing I read recently about, they said the church needs to remember the practice of boredom. It said we need to remember, we don't deliberately make church boring, but we, remember, we need to remind ourselves that some part that is deeply holy about church is that it's sometimes boring. Because in that space, in that non-technology zone, we might encounter God. We might be just quiet enough that we're not playing a game or doing something on our phone or sending an email or getting entertained that we might encounter God. How's that? That might be our next transformation track practice, the practice of boredom. I'm half not joking. Anyway, encouragement and challenge. So sometimes, yeah, that's what we're... And then intentional hospitality, and I don't know why generosity is in a special blue, but that's all right. Intentional hospitality and generosity. What do I mean by that? You may not know every person in this room, but my goodness, I think we struggle a little bit with this church, if I can be honest, if I can challenge us. If I invited you all to my house... I would make sure you knew where everything was. I'd make sure you're fed. I'd make sure you know where to sit. I'd make sure that you are known and that you know what's going on. I think sometimes we struggle, church, as we form deeper relationships that we go to them and we leave some of our newer people just sitting there. Some of us are amazing at that. I reckon some of us just need to grow in it. That's what, like We just need to remember this is our house. We've just invited people over they also need to be spoken to and, and encouraged and welcomed and we're hospitality. Does it make sense? And so I could improve at that as well. I could put down whatever I'm doing after church and make sure I get around and speak to you if you're new and welcome. I just want us to be better at that because we're hospitable. We're welcoming people here. We want to feed them. We want to have a sausage. We want morning tea. We want to connect. We want to be generous towards that. So we're intentional about that on a Sunday. We don't have to share a whole life story on a Sunday. It's hard. But we can welcome and love and celebrate and reflect and centre ourselves again on who Jesus is. We gather around him. All right, let me keep moving again. It's not my particular style to give this much information, but hopefully you're finding a little bit of a heartbeat here. All right, next one, our small tables. I think this might be my, almost my favourite. You're not allowed to have favourite tables, but I might have one. Small tables. We see Jesus take disciples up onto the peaks of a mountain and he reveals truths about himself or challenges them. They might be just walking as a small group on the road and Peter gets a bit lippy and he says, get behind me, Satan. Moments after saying, you're the small rock. Deep challenge. That's not for just a generalised Sunday. That's for people that know each other. That's for people that are committed to each other. So our three commitments of a small table is the spirit and truth of Jesus. Again, goes without saying, but it's at the centre each other we're committed to each other and we're committed to a predictable purpose and pattern i've done training on this this is the first year i feel like we've really revved this up we've got a lot more to go but i think we've currently got about six or seven active small tables it's happening it's growing you're committed and the stuff that's coming out of them is incredible we're making people we're making jesus's <laughs> Some of the stories I'm hearing are people going through hardships or great times, but they've got a small community together. I am loving my Alpha group Wednesday night. We've nearly had tears every second Wednesday night. It has been powerful. God is moving and disciples are being made. 
we're all growing towards him. We're becoming more like Jesus. That's what a small table, absolutely part of what we do here. That's when you know their birthdays. That's when you know each other. That's when you talk about real and deep things because you're committed to each other. Small table. So this is our family patterns. And then the last one is our community tables, which I keep calling missional communities. So I'm not sure where we've landed on that. But missional has a little bit of a, just a, a um, hard, what's the word? In the indigenous sense from the church, missions, missional, doesn't go over that well from people I've spoken to. And so we may not call it missional communities because we don't want to deliberately get these things in the way of people coming to them. And so we may go to community tables, which is ways to practice ministry together or something you've found that you want to get involved with. Let me give you an example. Our biggest example is Beached. It's a mission this church. A lot of you guys are involved in that, but this could be much simpler than that. Say um, one of you involved in a local school. Your kids are going there. You're getting to know some other parents. You want to do something missionally there. We want you to drag the table over and explore with us ways to bring about predictable patterns, ways to even some of us to help you if we go to that school, gather people around and have a little missional outpost, community table out there, bring it out there. Turns out the good news is good news out there as well. So we want to equip that, whether that's feeding the poor, whether that's a ministry outside the church, whether that's Jess's, we see Jess's play group as a missional community here, a community table. hundred different parents sometimes come here and sing songs and some of them are Christian songs and they get to sit in a building where there's a big cross and they get loved and cared for and they get to meet the op shop crew and they are in severe danger of meeting jesus here we don't necessarily do a midway sermon but they're in danger of meeting jesus and so that's what it looks like to be a community table dragging this thing everywhere over and putting jesus at the center and building tables that's our family rhythm And then I know I said lastly, that was not true. We've got our practices, our habits. And so you know this, you heard about this, but we want to explore the ways of Jesus. Nine a year we'd like to explore where we take a deeper dive into some things that Jesus did and said. Obviously, we're going through books of the Bible all the time as well through our teaching series, but we have these thematic ideas like rest, like hearing the Holy Spirit, prayer, Bible reading, hospitality, who we are, identity, forgiveness, seeking, stillness, that solitude and silence, fasting, practicing joy, generosity. Is developing the fruit. Allowing the Holy Spirit. It's not about earning any of this. It's not about doing things to get a reward. It's about practicing. It says in Second Peter, divinely participate. Put an effort in. And, part, and letting him in. It's really turning to him. Half these things, just so you know my little trick on these things, half these end with, yeah, here's some good advice. Now turn to Jesus. <laughs> it's his work. It's that John 15 picture, him coming in, forming, cutting, pruning, growing you, transforming you. And so we look at the practices. We're looking at wielding the word at the moment. Bible reading. I have a couple of people in this church that have spoke to me that said we haven't really picked up the Bible before this series. We're now reading through it. 
I just, that's it. That's, I'm like, that's it. You've just encapsulated the entire sermon that I'm giving this week by saying that you've picked up the Bible and you're finding transformation in it. How beautiful is that? That's what this is about. All right, the future. We'll keep going on about this in the future. <laughs> and then Jonathan next week's going to preach on being Burley Church, what it means to step into that zone. But these are some of, these are the rule of life. Um, we'll go to the next slide because that slide's not meant to be in there because it doesn't have spelling check or grammar. So let's, that one's meant to be the one. But we want to see more people become like Jesus in this church. We want to get better at it. We want to be clearer. One of our things we've lacked in the last few years as we've grown as a church is clarity. We want to be clearer with you guys. We want to get this material out to you guys. We want to encourage. We just want to be clarity in general has been something we want to do better of us. We want us more of us participating with his Holy Spirit in this kingdom. We want to champion you. We want clearer celebration of what's going on, clearer encouragement and challenge for all of us. We want large tables that don't get in the way. We don't make them so complicated that they get in the way of Jesus. We don't want the show to get in the way of Jesus. We don't want the, the music to get in the way of Jesus. We don't want the chairs to get in the way. We just want to be simple and straight to Jesus. Large tables that celebrate and reflect straight to Jesus. I want to see more small tables, people growing deeper in their relationship with God and each other. More people exploring their own mission and then gathering people and doing it together. And as we expand, we want to form more tables, not as an empire, but as seeing disciples made. And so I'll give you two examples at the moment we're praying through because our goal is not to just be a medium-sized church in Burley. God didn't say, go and just make medium-sized churches. Go and make disciples. Because the last six years for me and the people in this church that I've observed has made disciples, we want to do that again. And so we're praying through at the moment. You would have heard little bits of pieces, but we've got a group meeting once a month in Mount Tambourine and we've got a group meeting once a month in Terranora. Are they church plants? I don't know. We'll see what God wants to do with them. But there's small tables starting to form there and I'm so excited to see what God wants to do. There's a few other ideas brewing as well. We just keep dragging the table over to Tweed. We'll drag the table up the mountain. That's a hard one because it's on a slope, but we'll get it up there. And then we'll do it again. Straight back to Jesus. So who is my last question? And then I'm going to pray. And then I've just got, dear you, you're invited. Our vision is to create an ever-expanding, welcoming family table, gathering around the truth, the life of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. We want to grow in faith and relationship and we want to aim to go forth in his ways, inviting all to experience the transformative power of his love. I'm really excited for what God's doing at the moment. That's what we want to do. That's what we're marching towards. It's not Pepsi. We want to make more disciples. I want to do it with you guys. We're going to present a budget in the next few weeks that hopefully shows that's where we're going. We want a conversation in the next few months that shows that's where we're going. 
And that's where we'll continue to develop these rhythms as a church family that are going to grow us into Jesus and go and share that further. Amen? Let me pray and then I'm walking a band up. Father God, thank you so much that we don't need a new vision. You already are. You already gave us a vision to make disciples. We just need discernment to try to do that in 2023 in Australia, Gold Coast. Father, I just pray for this development of a family table, whether it's big spaces, medium, small spaces, and outside the church spaces. I pray that you develop in us some healthy, transformative ways, rhythms, pointing to your truth and your life. Father, I just pray we ask those questions this morning. What are we building? Hopefully we have some more insight into that. How are we building it? And then what's our place? What's our commitment? What's our, what do we want to commit and give to that as we do this together with you? Father, the things that are from you this morning, I earnestly ask this. The things that are from God, may they stick with us as a church. If there is anything in here that is just man's planning, just words, I pray that falls away. And that we just continue your kingdom come in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, team. I had a bit of angst around this morning, not because it was a particularly difficult one, but it's so just unlike my style or even us to bring the planning. It's not as fun talking at the technicality. Some of you may love that stuff. It's not my natural go-to, but if we want to enjoy swimming in the pool, we've got to work out how it's going to be built and where we're going. And so this morning, I appreciate you guys being here. And if you're listening online, I appreciate your consideration around these questions. I'm so excited for what God is doing in this place. And I don't mean that as some sort of hype. It's just tangible. In the community as well. You ask Burley community, they know of this place and what it's doing. There's a lot of people in danger of meeting Jesus and becoming his disciples. And so I ask you the question to deeply consider this, even if this is the less fun part of building a pool or building a church. What are we building? After you've got some morning tea and a sausage, you're welcome to come back in here. We'll just kick a couple of questions around if you want to ask me some stuff. Do you want to build with us? Do you want to be part of this? And then what is the commitment and cost? to be Burley Church together. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, team. And we've got Jonathan speaking next week about being Burley Church. Really looking forward to that as well. Go get a sausage. Go get some morning tea. If you want to come back, we'll see you in about 15 minutes. God bless.